1: All right, this is your show. This is where you get to ask the questions. It's the mailbag show, and all the questions are are yours, and the answers are 100% correct, or, and this is important, your money back. Hello. So we'll get to those in just a minute. The Rays continue their series, Short Stint, just a two-game series with the Baltimore Orioles today. And I want to tell you guys first, before we get to your questions, how to save money on your electric bill. This is important. It's called May electric solar they're a family-owned business they've been installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years there's a lot of these fly-by-night companies out there but may electric solar is committed to you for the long term they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty plus with every installation you get 750 dollars worth of surge protection that's for all your appliances that's what they call the may difference if you visit the hudson showroom may electric displays all their products that conduct on-site testing you can see exactly what they're going to install, they'll customize it to your needs, plus they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve the quality of your life and your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862, or you can visit May Electric Solar. Dot com. All right, we have a virtual cornucopia of questions involving the Rays, the
0: Lightning, the Bucks. So let's get started, Steve Bursting. We'll start with some baseball since the Rays are uh, red hot and leading baseball. Tommy asks With Brendan Lau sidelined with a back injury, and having to miss some more time again this season, will this be an issue for him for the rest of his career?
1: Well, I'm no surgeon. Um, I, listen, I think when you hear the word back and anything sports related, in my experience, it's never been good, right? Whether it's a golfer, a football player, a baseball player, anything like that. Now, uh, is that is that to say that I know specifically what he's dealing with and whether or not this is untreatable? No, because I have no clue. And, in fact, I think they're optimistic that he can, can begin some baseball work here um, in, in the near future. Um, but I just feel like, and I have no way of proving this, We've seen we've seen Brendan Lau be streaky. We've seen him carry a team for a month, and then we've seen him struggle titanically, uh, especially in the postseason. So he's he's kind of that. That's sort of even when he was healthy, he was a little bit of a streaky hitter. I never felt like he looked entirely comfortable at the plate. Now that might just be because of the way things were going, or it might have been he didn't feel great. You know, but the last thing you want to do as a professional athlete is sort of give in, right? Um, your natural tendency is to say, "I'm going to push through this." Now, there are certain things you just can't, and that's why he had to shut it down a year ago. Um, so, I don't know what at what point you know it got to that extent to where it's like, "No, I got to, I got to stop now. We got to do something different uh, because it's going the wrong direction." But that that period occurred finally, and chances are he was in some kind of discomfort before that. But this is not the type of sport. Very few sports are where. You know, you could have a lower back problem, particularly if you're swinging a golf club or swinging a baseball bat. We saw Tiger Woods, who's like, you know, the unicorn, uh, managed to go back out there with fused vertebrae and win a Masters. Like, who does that, right? Um, but it does take a Herculean effort to to push past the pain sometimes. So I'm I'm not ready to say his career is over. It's toast. You'd feel a lot better, though, if it were something besides the back. I would, anyway. And, you know, right now that's that's what he's been working through for the last two years.
0: All right. To the guy that replaced him, Ryan tweeted us. He says, I like Taylor Walls as a member of this team, but it's safe to say the first month of the season was a total fluke. Um,
1: I don't know if it was a fluke. I, I mean, I think somewhere in there is the mama bear. I mean, he's not... I don't think organically he's the type of, you know, power hitter that's going to bat 320 and, you know, he was on pace for about 30 bombs, I think. I don't think that's Taylor's going to be Taylor's medium line. Um, but I also don't know that he's a, a 200 hitter or a 190 hitter either, although he certainly has gone through those stretches. Um, so somewhere in there, he's he's got to find that consistency that's been eluding him a little bit uh, at the plate. In, in the field, find me a better player anywhere. Uh, particularly, I think, at second base, I've not seen a guy turn a double play as well as Taylor Walls has, Steve, in a very long time. And, and clutch double plays. They won a game with one of those that looked impossible. when The ball was hit to Paredes mm-hmm. and off his knees, going and fouling back. Um, he's been everything you could hope he would be. And he's still, until Brandon Lau got hurt, he was still a part-time player, and I'll say this too. Sometimes, right, the Rays in particular can do you a big favor. Now, th- that's a hard job if you're not in the starting lineup every day in baseball. It just is, right? But the way the Rays do it, sometimes they put you in some really good positions to have mm-hmm. success against pitchers. And early in the year when Brendan Lau was still in the lineup and they were able to kind of spot pick their spots with Taylor Walls, he was lighting some guys up, mm-hmm. and maybe he had some preferable matchups. Now that he's playing every day, that's a different job, right? And so he's got to find a way um, to rally against some really tough matchups sometimes and and get his hits, and I, I think he's just kind of caught in between those roles right now.
0: All right, Michael had emailed us. He says, because Randy Orozarena is flashy and ready to strike a pose, do you think he'll be thrown at before the end of the year?
1: I think he's been thrown at. <laughs> Already. I mean I mean you know intent's one of those things, right, that's uh in the mind of the beholder supposedly. It's hard to know what a guy does, but what was the game? The the uh the first Randy land game where he hit a bomb, I think, mm-hmm. the first time up and it got plunked the next two times, including once in the ribs. Yeah. I think maybe he was thrown out that night. And and the striking the pose thing, I would grant you that if you did a poll and you and it was anonymous, maybe even it wasn't, and said, How do you feel about a Rosarena with this posing stuff? Uh, I would venture to guess most pitchers don't like it at all. Imagine I, w- I would
0: venture it, most pitchers don't, but I also see more and more players doing Oh, they're doing I, I don't stuff I call it antics, but things like that. I mean it's Bat becoming and yeah, more yeah. of a, a flashy type celebration when you hit a bomb. And and yes. whether it's the bat flip or whether it's the way you give a high five to the third base coach or mm-hmm. pointing to the dugout when you're round in second. I mean, you know, players do all kinds of things now. Um, it's do. becoming a bigger part of the game. I, I think, you know, anybody who thinks Randy Rosarena like when he does the at third base, they think he's doing it to the dugout. He's not. He's doing it with a third base coach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, you know, fans don't take it that way.
1: Uh, and I don't... I've always said this too. Like, first of all, it's really hard to hit. (laughs) Okay, it just is. I mean, listen, I I, I don't care who's on the mound. He's got the advantage, man, because he's got the ball. You know, it's the only game where they say it's the only game where you play defense, but you have the ball when you're on offense, when you don't have it. Um, he gets to pick what he throws, how hard he. Like, it's really hard to hit. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a game of say, failure.
0: I mean, you know, it, it, the, yeah, best the, the best hitters are on players base three out of world. ten times.
1: Right. The, in the world, right? Like, the best players in the world fail seven out of ten times. So the odds, it's like the house wins, right? Like, they they got the cards, man. <laughs> they're dealing. Uh, and so, I'm sorry, but if, you know, if, if, if you knock one 400 feet and it's in a clutch situation or not, stand there, look at it, you know, put your hands up to your face, look at the dugout, do the Crash Davis wave, whatever. I don't really care. I will say this, however, and I haven't seen this yet. What if there comes a time, and there may, if there's not already, when a pitcher strikes a guy out and stands there and strikes a pose or does something like that? Would that, would that strike you in a different
0: way? Uh, we've seen pitchers yell after strikeouts. They
1: have. And, necessarily, and necessarily pose or whatever, but you'll see. Generally some. the catcher has to grab the hitter from getting on the mount mm-hmm. when that happens. Right? I mean I now, mean, now see, the
0: hard part is the pitch clock is, you know, they're throwing that ball well, back yeah. quick and you got to you're gonna get yeah, back on have that time. mount quick. But That's right.
1: That's a good point. You don't have time to really I, do I, much. I don't
0: know if you're a pitcher you want to do that before the inning's over though. I mean you're no, at bats over. Not. You're at bats so you're not getting up for another thirty minutes, forty minutes before you're gonna bat again.
1: And you may not even face that guy, you by got the time a hitter get coming up, up
0: in fifteen to twenty seconds. True. That's true. But, the next but at the end might, of the inning, take, I mean yeah. you know, there's pitchers that yell, scream, have fist yeah. pumps and we've seen Jason Adam yeah. do that and
1: Yeah. No, I I first of all I like the emotion if it's organic. Mm-hmm. Uh this one is something that Randy started when he was in the world baseball um deal, whatever it is. Classic. Uh and classic, yeah. Are all classics but yeah well baseball classic um and and so the fact that it was organic and carried over from team mexico i loved it and i think i would think that most major league teams realize this is sort of what he's been doing mm-hmm. before he even started the major league season um but you'd have to you'd have to pull them nobody likes to be shown up and i could definitely see where some pitchers feels that that's like you know just irritating to no end but um but yeah no i bat flips and things like, like you know, baseball needs, needs
0: Don't we a, complain we about accept. the NFL being the no-fun league because they don't allow yes. stuff, and so yes. you're seeing it in baseball now people are criticizing that you're seeing it in baseball?
1: No, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. No, I I think it's good for the game. Uh, a lot of things baseball has done is good for the game, and I, I like the energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the bat flips. I like the sort of, you know, pounding the chest or whatever. It just it just adds to it. It's and, you know, if they want to take matters into their own hands, they're all going to get thrown out. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you Here's the problem with throwing at a hitter is your guy's going to catch it in the ribs too. You know, like you just can't – you can't have it both ways. You know, if you're going to start throwing at guys, you're going to get some of your own guys hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you're not really being a team player if you just say, well, I don't like this dude. He showed me up, and I'm going to throw at him next time up because guess what? Where does that end? You know, and so – uh, I think for the most part, uh, yes, I think he's already been thrown at, but mm-hmm. they've done a nice job of sort of disguising their intentions. No one's been tossed yet for hitting Randy Rose. And
0: Here's the other part. If you're going to throw at Randy, this lineup is relentless, and when they start mm-hmm. getting runners on, they tend to yes. do it in Great bulk. Point. Do you want to give them a runner? Great point. I mean, you know, that's kind of what point. it's like. They, they like to, you know, they get one, then it's two and three. They just pile it on. And that's what they've great been so point. good at most of the season. Yeah. You, know, you have to think point, twice right? about hitting, you know, throwing mm-hmm. at someone. Mm-hmm. All right. had tweeted us. He says, will the Rays be active before the trade deadline? If so, what do you foresee them doing and what prospects do you predict being dealt?
1: Well, I'm not going to give you the prospects because I don't know them, but I would say this: that yes, they I think they will be active before the trade deadline. Um, I think a lot of their attention, and a lot of it will depend on injuries if they sustain any more or in certain areas. But primarily, I mean, you're looking at you're always looking for pitching. You're always looking mm-hmm. um, to to bolster that back end of that bullpen. I, I'm still not entirely confident. Um, you know, Jason Adams done a nice job. Um, you know, you hope Pete Fairbanks can keep his feeling in his fingers when you get to October, but you know what? Uh, you're going to need some – t- some nights you might need 15 outs, you know, or you, or you might need 18 outs. I don't know. Um, so I, I think the bullpen is something that they'll always be looking for. And then beyond that, I, I mean, it's a pretty hard lineup to crack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless, unless they get an injury, I don't know what you're really adding. Are you adding another outfielder? Or are you adding another bat? Like where – where you know is there a veteran that can bring some playoff experience to your lineup? Perhaps I don't know. I think if Brendan uh,
0: Lyle stays out, I think you could see an infielder added.
1: That's fair. Yeah, definitely,
0: that's fair. You know, I think I don't know if they're sold on Vidal Bruhan for the postseason at this point. I, that's you know, a great. Doesn't point. mean they're not sold on long term. I'm saying at this point in his career,
1: yeah, you know, where he's no, at the sense. amount
0: of at bats he's got. I mean, mm-hmm. he's kind of your backup infielder at this point. If Brendan Lau's yes. back injury persists and is going to be a problem the rest of the season, maybe mm-hmm. an infielder. I don't see them adding an outfielder barring an injury. Right. I think they've got right. enough of those guys. Yep. Um, you know if they, you know, it's really it's pitching, and both yeah. either starting or relieving. Yeah, wherever you can bolster that, and sure. I, and I, quite frankly, I think any prospect is on the table if the Rays feel it's an equitable trade. I don't. I don't think there's not. You know, two years ago you would never trade a Wander Franco. I mean, that he, that was untouchable. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an untouchable prospect in the Rays system. Some are harder to get than others, of course, and and it, you know, much like every team, they grade their prospects, they have rankings on them, they know exactly what they feel they're worth. But the Rays are gonna. They have a shot to win the World Series this year. This is a go that's for a it year. year. Yeah, this is a go yeah. for it year. If you're got to give up a, a prospect or two and you're getting an go equitable down. deal, particularly if you mm-hmm. got to get a guy that's got some control on him for a couple years, of then you get bigger, bigger prospects up. But um I I don't I don't think there's an untouchable. And I think I think they're going to over uh, you know look under every rock to find a pitcher or, or pitchers. Mm-hmm. You could see multiple. I mean, you know, and I don't think it matters starter or reliever. They just need more arms, more reliable arms that every time they go out there, you're going to get a good performance. Right.
1: I'd like to see some power arms, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Some guys that are just swing and miss, you know, just just here it is. You know, we got a good defense behind us, a strike thrower. We're coming after you. If you can hit 98, then go, after, then go for it. Mm-hmm. But those guys aren't on trees either, so like, you know. You're going to have to give something up. But, yeah, this is the year for sure. And I like your idea about Lau. If he can't make it back, they're, they're, they definitely could could use another uh, infielder to, to bolster. You're bound to get injuries too. You know, Other guys are going to miss some time, so you're going to need that before the season's over.
0: All right, we'll wrap up this on the Rays, and then we'll get to some Bucks questions. Michael had tweeted, Are pitcher injuries up because of the new pitch clocks, especially in older ones?
1: Well, they got the data. Um, I think they're going to find at the end of the year that they were up, and uh, and I think it's going to be difficult not to look at that pitch clock and say that that was a a drastic change. Um, We kind of talked about this a little bit. I haven't talked to any guys this year about it uh, with the Rays or in in baseball. just haven't been out there this year. Last year, last couple years I have been. Um, But I just know being around the game um, that there's a certain amount of stress when you're on the mound anyway, um, there's a lot going on, frankly, in your head, uh, and between you and the catcher, you and the hitter, you and the scouting report, you and the base runner, you and the infielder, there's, there's a, this, you know, sort of game behind the game, um, that, that competes for space in your head, right? How are we working this guy? Um, you know, what, what's the runner at first do? Uh, And now you have these rules and it's, you know, I can only step off twice per hitter. Um, The hitter can step out on me one time and call timeout, but always, always, always um, failing that you have this pitch clock that, which is perpetual and it it just resets. And you think it's a, you think it's a long time, but it's really not. You know, I'm amazed when I sit and watch a game, how quickly I'm watching it count down to like five, four, three. Okay. Is he going to pitch? So, I guess the only thing I can compare it to is, you know, when you hurry through something or you feel hurried, there's there's a stress that occurs to your body, um, and it's just like you know we used to call play the game called burnout where you just try to see how fast you can get the ball back to the person you're throwing it to, and after a while you're you're exhausted, you're fatigued, but your arms hanging too a little bit because you don't have any enough you know the complete rest between pitches and I'm not saying that you know they didn't consult people and say well is it 20 seconds is it 25 is it 30 like you know they're not trying to hurt guys out there but you know my job is to get the ball and then throw it back up there at 98 and get it and you know a few seconds later have to throw it back up there again that could over the course of you know five six seven innings you're damn right that can that could affect me I think mechanically um, from my arm standpoint, mentally, all that stuff. So it's all connected man. So I I don't know how they prove the, get the empirical data that hey if in fact arm arm injuries are up, we might want to look at this pitch clock but that's the big change you know that it's right in front of you it's a flashing literally a flashing neon light with a clock going. So um, you'd be naive to not think it has not on every pitcher. Would you'd be naive not to think it has had some effect. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. If you want to tell people the big news...
0: All right, we'll switch to the Bucs, and John had tweeted us. He says, I see a lot of negative outlooks for the Bucks in 2023 because of the offense, but the 2022 offense was terrible. Example, the Bucks scored 26 more points than the 32nd-ranked team. Is the Tom Brady aura blinding people to the idea that they might be better without him?
1: Well, look, I think they can be better with him than they were with him last year, okay? Um, you, make, you make a great point. And that is, this was one of those historically bad offenses, right? I mean, for every year under Bruce Arians, uh, this team averaged thirty, what, around thirty points per game. Um, and you know, we we saw what what Brady was able to do, passing the football for five thousand yards and all of that, right? And it is about points, and that's the one thing that Brady was always really astute about was like, look, we got, you know, it's just about how it's how you can score points. It doesn't matter how you do it, whether you throw it, you run it, you got to get the ball in the end zone. You got to score points. This team was historically bad running the football. They were last in the league in attempts last in the league in yards and in yards per carry. They weren't good at all in the red zone. You know, it was a, a surprising dip. Um, you look at Mike Evans going from, you know, what had been 14 or 13 touchdowns to down around five or so. Um, you know and and when they got down there they they just they kind of sputtered around if they were down there at all. When you average eighteen points a game, you're putting an awful lot on your defense, and that defense was getting old and I think the one thing that they can hang their hats on on that side of the ball is that they're gonna be younger, they're gonna be more athletic, and they're gonna be faster, and they needed to be faster in the front seven in particular. There's two linebackers can still run guys in front of them did not and so I think there's a lot of positives there. Um, do I think they can I, – do I think they're better without Tom Brady? Well, maybe maybe last year's Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady went through a lot of stuff. He was behind a terrible offensive line. Um, he went through a divorce. He got served, you know, two days in the training camp, like lost 20 pounds. A lot of stuff went on last year. And yet he still had five fourth quarter or later comebacks and got them to win the division, right? And they could have won nine games. They didn't try to stay in there against Atlanta in the final game. So they finished eight and nine, eight and 10 in the playoffs. So with the playoffs, but I don't, I'll be honest with you. There's, there's a couple of things that's really stacked against this offense or this, this team. Do I think they'll score more than 18 points per game? Yes. Uh, do I think it'll be dramatically more? I don't know. Uh, Dave Canales is installing an offense. And typically when you do that, there is a learning curve, right? You can, you can do all the OTAs and all the T-shirts, and even in training camp, these guys can only be in pads so many days, okay? And nobody is taking anyone to the ground, and no quarterback is getting hit, and it all looks great on film. And then the season starts, right? And then it matters. And I think in real football there's going to be some growing pains, particularly early in the season. And so I think this is an offense that's going to get better as the year goes on. And I, I do think that they'll average more points than Tom Brady uh did with this team a year ago. Doesn't mean they're better without Tom Brady. It just it just means um that there was nowhere to go but up. Okay. And Brady was part of the problem. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and tell you he wasn't. I mean the fact of the matter was he was behind a horrible offensive line. And at age 45, he had zero interest like most quarterbacks, but particularly him, of getting hit. And so he unloaded the ball quicker than he had at any point in his career. And it's really hard to play offense when the ball's in the air after 2.2, 2.3 seconds. I mean, how, how much depth are you getting at wide receiver? Um, where are those throws going? Uh, very predictable. You know, we talked about how he could complete three passes and it would be fourth and one. Um, and that was just sort of the way they played offense and they did that to protect him he only he only was sacked 22 times but he was his biggest biggest reason for not getting hit was Tom Brady because he dumped the ball um, this is the same offensive line personnel wise with the ex- very few exceptions they've shuffled the deck and obviously Luke is now not at left guard but at right tackle and now Tristan Wirfs is switching the left tackle, like there's a lot of moving pieces you don't know right, but because the schematics, because the scheme is different, it should help whoever they put out there on the offensive line, and you're going to have to have players like Rashad White really step up. You're going to need more out of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin again, and you're going to need more out of um, a third receiver, whether it's Russell Gage or one of the newer guys. I mean, so, you know, I think they're going to be better because I think they're going to be in a lot more games. I don't think they're going to be fighting from behind as much. They'll play a complementary style of football. I think the defense is going to be better. Um, So I would expect them to score more than 18 points a game. That's why they fired the coordinator. That's why Dave Canales is here. Will it be 30 again? Mm, Most likely not, because the style is such that they're not going to have as many possessions. Um, The idea will be to try to maintain the football and run the football more, which means more clock and probably less scoring, there will still be big plays, they hope. Um, so I think they can have a better offense statistically, but it's about winning the game. you know. And the greatest winner of all time played here for three years, and that's Tom Brady. And the Bucks won more games during that time than they have probably at any point in their history. So will you win more without them? Probably not. Um, could your offense actually statistically be better sure it could be or it could go the other direction because you only need an injury or two and then you're in trouble I mean we don't know how Baker Mayfield's going to play in this offense and we've never seen Kyle Trask as a starting quarterback and chances are my experience tells me we'll see both of those guys starting games this year whether it's injury or just ineffectiveness or what have you it's a real good likelihood they'll both play games um, am I willing to say, oh, you're better off with those guys than Brady? No, under no circumstance. If Brady decides to come back tomorrow, you'll be better off with Tom Brady overall. But I just think that they've done some things offensively and now schematically to help their offensive line, which was really, to me, the biggest problem they had last year, not the quarterback.
0: All right, Kyle tweeted. He said, if the Bucks and Devin White are able to come to a long-term agreement at some point, Do you see Devin being the type of player that gets his money and then his play starts to fall, kind of like what happened with Chris Baker a few years back?
1: Really hard to say. Um, I don't think so, but I don't know. Because I I think there's a certain lack of maturity with Devin. Um, and, And I think we forget that these guys are really young still. You know, I try to think back about, you know, when I wasn't even 25 yet. I mean, geez, the knucklehead things that I would do. Um, But I, you know, Devin is an elite performer at his position. He's been a Pro Bowler, he's won a Super Bowl, Um, he's led this team in tackles for a number of years in a row. He's done some stuff, right? Like, he's done some stuff at a very young age. He's, hell, he rode his horse around the stadium with the Lombardi Trophy, okay? That's rare air, folks. So when you come into the league and you do stuff like that off the top, you're special. I think he feels like he's special, and now he wants to get paid that way. Um, I don't really see a way that he's going to get his long-term deal with the Bucks anytime soon. I, I think, you know, at minimum... He'll have to play out most of the if not the whole year, but probably you know, there'll come a point where Devin will go, Well, the hell with it. i will just as soon be a free agent, you know, at this point and see, and then, and then I got thirty one other teams that can tell me what I'm worth. So this could be a tough re-sign regardless. Um if they if they did hand would I be nervous about I mean, I think that's why the Bucs aren't doing it. I, I think what the Bucs are worried about is not so much how the money will change him, but whether or not he's consistent enough to warrant that kind of money. You know, it's a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of a what does he do when you give it to him, but then are we going to give it to him because, it, you know, it's our fault if we hand the guy $100 million and he's not a $100 million player to begin with. So I think they're just trying to figure out, you know, what's important to this guy. Um, players tend to play harder, better, longer, faster when they're playing for, for their big contract. You know, this is what you come to the NFL to become a free agent. And because he was a first-round pick, there was a fifth-year option. Dem the rules, man. You know, the players agreed to that with the CBA and all of that, the Players Association. If they got a problem with it, take it up with the, with those guys. But I, I do believe that someone's going to give them the money, and I'm not sure the Bucks know sort of what which arc Devin White's going to take. They really, really like the player, and I think they like the guy well enough. But he's gotten some bad advice along the way. Um, and and I don't, no one faults anybody for getting as much money as they can as soon as they can because these guys, believe me, they're one play from never playing anything again. And, and their life's work is over at age 24. But I, I think that – I don't think they're afraid of giving him a long-term agreement because his play will start to fall. I think they're afraid that his play is going to fall And therefore, maybe he's not the guy you want to reward because he's too inconsistent. The word consistent has been used with Devin White, or rather inconsistent, almost from the time he stepped through the door. And they were still talking about it at the end of last season. You know, we documented the loaf against the Ravens, and then the unbelievable game he had in Germany uh, in the win over Seattle. Somewhere in there, you'd like to see that level out between those unworldly performances and the ones where "Mm, you're not really that guy anymore. Um so you want you don't want to be Quan Alexander uh, but you want to be closer to the Devin White of the 2020 year when they won the Super Bowl. If you can do that, then there'll be no though I don't think there'll be any fears that he's just going to take the money and just just say the hell with it, you know, I'm riding horses and I don't care how I play. I think it matters to Devin. Here's another thing and I'll leave you with this. The reason they drafted Devin White fifth overall, very few inside linebackers get drafted that high. They thought he was special in this sense. Um, Devin White was an unbelievable player at LSU, right? You know, he still managed to make like a, over a 3.0, maybe close to a 3.5 in college. What does that say to, to scouts? What does that say to the Bucs? You know what it said to them? Whatever he attempts matters. He could have just done the 2.2 and been eligible because he was going to the NFL. and What the hell does it matter? But whatever Devin does, he has this mentality where he wants to achieve, and that was something that impressed them about how hard he worked at school and how he was able to maintain really good grades because it said, "I give a damn," right? And and I think I think they know that about Devin. They just want to see him be more consistent. So I guess my answer would be no. I don't think they're worried about him just his, you know falling off a cliff because he gets paid. I think they're more worried about is he the guy that we should pay? And he has one year to prove that.
0: All right, Michael tweeted us. He says, what positions could we see the Bucks at a veteran just before training camp?
1: It's a great question. Um, I just look at some of the rooms that they have, particularly on offense, and I just wonder if there isn't room for a veteran. And, and you think back last year, right, um, it was kind of late when they added Julio Jones. Um, it was really late when they added uh, Kyle Rudolph, the tight end. And Kyle was inactive a whole bunch of weeks last season. But they looked at their tight end room. They go, you know, we could use a little bit of experience here. And here's a guy that's done it. And, you know, I don't know how much he has left in his tank, but we don't know who Kate Otten really is or Coquif. Now they know who those guys are, plus they've added to the room. But when your oldest guy in there is – in his second year, I think there, I think there is some room for another uh, a veteran tight end if they wanted to do it. Not, not to say that that person is going to play better or be better player than the guys they have because they really love the guys they have. Um, but I just look at the room. I also look at the same holds true to me with the running back situation. Everybody and their grandmother, including his probably uh, Rashad White, uh, they think that. That Rashad White is going to be a stud. That this is this is this is a wrap. Wait till you see this guy take the ball in game one. Um, he can run. He can catch. He can... Okay, I say let's just pump the brakes just a little on Rashad, who I think is a great kid and I think he's a great talent. But I don't know that we've seen enough of him to know what he is just yet. I'm not ready to say. Because you won a, a, a you know an angry run scepter, which I love with Kyle Brandt and the guys on Good Morning Football, he's actually won a couple of them. And you made a Seahawk fly in Germany. I'm not sure I'm ready to say, yeah, they got the guy. Like this dude, wait till you see what he does for 19. Mm, okay, all right. So what happens because it's the running back is a high high collision high injury position. Who's next? What happens if he? gets hurt, or doesn't play particularly. Well, we got Keyshawn Vaughn. What? Oh, They love them some Keyshawn Vaughn. Sneaks? Oh, they love them some Sneaks. They love them right up until the point where they never give them the ball. The biggest contribution Sneaks made, and that's his nickname, because uh, he used to sneak snacks all the time when he was younger, was when they had to play the Philadelphia Eagles two years ago in the wild Card game, and they didn't have their running backs. And so Vaughn, you know, took over along with another backup running back, and they got it done. But since then, every year they go to training camp and tell us how improved Keyshawn Vaughn is, and then every year they start the regular season, and he's on special teams. And we never see him carry the ball. Okay? So there's there's that. And then there's Chase Edmonds. All right. Nice veteran player. Um kind of a third down back, if you will. But you're not going to really need him on third down because Rashad is a three down back. Although if you want to change a pace, he's kind of the Giovanni Bernard sort of replacement. But you know who they didn't replace? They didn't replace Leonard Fournette. And Leonard's still out there, by the way. And I don't see him coming back here. Uh, But they didn't replace that veteran sort of sledgehammer guy who can also block and pass protection um, and just brings a maturity to the room. I've been there. I've done it. Rashad White started six games or so last year. You know, and his numbers aren't. He had one 100-yard rushing game in Germany. That was it. Are we ready just to declare this guy Barry Sanders? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe he's somewhere between that and Marcus Allen. I don't know. But... I got to see it first. And I know this, it's it's a, it's a position where you need depth. You need it, and you need it right away. Ezekiel Elliott is still out there. Do I think he's coming to the Bucks? Probably not. But a guy like him, the, the running back positions have been devalued, and some of these veterans that are still without jobs, like a Leonard Fournette, are going to have to realize they're not going to get paid if they want to play this year. They're going to have to take an incentive-laden deal, take 3 or $4 million for this year, and suck it up in play. I think there's room for another running back. I think Skip Pete knows that. I think he'd love to have Ezekiel. But that guy in particular hasn't agreed that he's you know not worth $12 million right now. Um, but there are a number of running backs available. So that's the position that I think the Bucs could use an experienced veteran player. And it would not surprise me if, if we saw one of them in here.
0: All right, you mentioned the tight ends, and Ellis had tweeted. He said, are the Bucs going to have a sneaky good tight end room this year? The rookie, from what I've seen, looks really solid.
1: I would say this, that I, I like their tight ends. I'm not in love with their tight ends. I like Kate Auden. I think he can do a lot of different things. I don't know that he's great at any one thing, okay? Now, these are young players, okay? Coke, we saw in, in certain situations a year ago, kind of used at times as a fullback or an H-back, not necessarily an in-line blocking tight end. That's, Co- that's Kate Auden okay, the guy they got um, from Iowa I believe Payne Durham um, was a lacrosse player, believe it or not uh, and got talked into playing football in high school because one of his basketball coach or somebody made a football coach made a three- point shot or something. Uh, and, and anyway, he's been he, he doesn't run particularly well. He is a, probably a maybe a bigger more stout, Athletic Cameron Bright, if you will, can make those combat catches, but I think the tight ends are going to play a big role because I think this offense calls for them. I I could see because of the run commitment, uh, I I could actually see them using a lot more two tight end formation uh, and getting two of them on the field at times. We know we know that Co and and Cade both played a lot last year. They also have David Wells. Sort of this, uh, you know, their fourth tight end. What they don't have though is that veteran presence, right? There's no gronk, there was no gronk last year. Um, I think they missed that. And now you don't have, you know, even, even for the reason why they, you know, they brought in, um, you know, veteran late last year, uh, you just like to have that in the room. I mean, we were talking to Cade and he's like, geez, I didn't, didn't see myself being the leader of this group in year two, you know, because there's still stuff he's learning. Um, so, you know, you don't have your Kyle Rudolph, right? You don't. So, that's that's a position we were talking about positions you could add. I think you could add there. I like their tight ends. I'm not in love with them. I don't. You got to show me a little bit more consistency as a pass catcher if you're Kate Otten. Um, if you're going to run the ball with all the outside zones and things are going to do, you got to show me some blocking. Um, I, I haven't seen it of these guys just yet. I think they got talent and i and I know they got some experience last year, but are they frontline NFL tight ends? Mm, maybe not
0: all right, uh Les had tweeted us. He says, Rick, what do you think is more important to Mike Evans? The number of years or total guarantee? the way he keeps himself in shape a four or five year deal wouldn't be too crazy. Definitely want to see him retire as a buccaneer whenever his Hall of Fame career is over
1: yeah i I think this this uh Mike Evans deal is fascinating. I mean. I talked to his agent a little bit over the weekend. I wrote a story in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times and on com that was posted, I think, on Friday or Saturday morning. Um, they're definitely talking to him about a third contract. First of all, who gets to a third contract in the NFL? You know how rare that is, man? I mean, you work your butt off to try to get, in the case of Mike, you got to play five years to get that first really big deal as a free agent. And he did that. He's made a lot of money, and now he's likely to get paid again. Um they should be grateful that Mike Evans has been such a team player. Uh he has restructured his contract three or four times. That's why it's almost what twenty seven million dollars uh, on the cap this year because of you know of him restructuring. Um I don't think it's so much the, the you know, when you say the length or the money, it's kind of a combination of both because the only thing that matters in the NFL really is what you guarantee. Here's an example. So a year ago, Chris Godwin was coming off two torn knee ligaments, uh, and they signed him to a three-year $60 million deal. And you're like, wow, right? $60 million. Three years, dude. You're locked up. That's awesome. It's not a three-year deal. It's a two-year deal. Why? Because they guaranteed $40 million. So that's a two-year $40 million deal. That third year is a walk away. okay? No dead money at all. So I think that's how you have to look at it. Like, what are they willing to guarantee? If they guarantee Mike Evans $44 million, but they say it's a four-year, you know, what, uh, $90 million deal or something like that, well, it's not, right? So I would think that Mike will get two years of guaranteed money, much like Chris did, now he's older than Chris. Chris is in in his going into his seventh year, I believe, or eighth year and or seventh year, and Mike is is going into his tenth. Um, but Mike does keep himself in tremendous shape. He is one of the most unselfish players. He's the best offensive player in team history. Uh, and he's he's given up a lot of yards and catches to guys so that they could win, whether that was Antonio Brown or even Rob Gronkowski or You know, any of these guys, even Chris Godwin. I mean, Mike has not been that diva number one. Um, And when you look at his numbers, I mean, he's got more yards than Devontae Adams, and they came in the league the same time. Uh, He has 10,475 yards, and Devontae Adams isn't 10,000 yet. Now, Devontae Adams has 87 touchdowns. Mike has 81. Mike had a bad year in the red zone last year. Is that his fault? Oh, how how about the quarterbacks they played? Right, I mean, Devonte Adams played eight years with a guy named Aaron freaking Rodgers, okay, and then one year with Derek Carr. Who did Mike have? Well, it started with Mike Glennon, and then Josh McCown, and then Jameis Winston. Oh, we had three years with Tom Brady, where they shared the ball. You see, I am getting at like, I mean, I think he's deserving. It is his third deal. It's probably the last one he'll get from the Bucks, maybe from any team. My guess is it'll be more than three years to help sort of spread the salary cap around. And it will help them immediately this year. They could probably save like $8 million, I think, on his, on his number. Uh, the longer the, the contract is, the more you can amortize it, obviously. Um, but I think that, it, you know, it's probably going to look like a four-year deal. But in reality, let's see how much of that money is guaranteed. I will bet you it's probably more like a two-year deal. And we'll see if he eclipses what Chris Godwin got, which was a twenty million dollar a year average guaranteed. But um but yeah, don't get hung up on the length of years. Get hung up on what they guarantee, because that in this game, that is all that matters.
0: All right, Michael tweeted us. We have a lot of Michaels that tweet and, and mail back questions, yeah, we which do. we love. He says, Would the Bucks be willing to do hard knocks in exchange to host a Pro Bowl draft or Super Bowl? I, I don't think their
1: numbers come up. Like, I've I you know, there are certain criteria that you have to have, um, and they've done it. I think their year was, what, 2018, as I recall, the year before um, Bruce Arians was hired. It was the last year of, um, yeah, the year before Bruce Arians was hired. So there's a lot of teams that are in the mix that I don't think they are. Hard knocks. I mean, first of all, they don't make those deals like, "Hey, how about a draft if you do hard knocks." Eh, eh. This would not have been the hard knocks team. Last year's team, ooh, we had drama. <laughs> that would have been hard knocks, man. It was, it was a hard knocks life out there for everybody, particularly the quarterback. Could you imagine what that would have been like? Can you imagine who's who's the narrator? He's like a uh, famous actor or something like that mm-hmm. that does the narration, like. It's the second day of training camp and Ryan Jensen has blown out two knee ligaments. The next day, Tom Brady is not in the building. <laughs> it's like, you know. And and then, you know, Brady seems to be losing weight. People are worried about him. And he's not gonna be here for ten days. He'll miss the next two games. Um, I couldn't imagine what what a hard knocks that would have been and in the in the meeting rooms and what they would have said about it and all that. Oof. Um, but no I, I generally teams don't like doing hard knocks it's it's not they do a great job of staying out of the way, but they're in the way and and players as much as you don't want them to they play to the cameras they know mm-hmm. when somebody's filming them it, it's a big damn distraction i'll be honest with you um, it's great promotion for your product if you're not winning um, and therefore those are usually the teams that you know that that get get the hard knocks but well the rules um, are
0: if if you're exempt. From having to do Hard Knocks, if you meet any one of three criteria: mm-hmm. a first-year head coach in place, correct; uh, they have a playoff berth in the past two seasons,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they have appeared on Hard Knocks in the past ten years.
1: Yeah, so we check. We check two of those
0: boxes. Yeah. There's only four teams that don't meet any of those criteria for this year. That doesn't mean those will be the teams I'll, on. I'll
1: say. I'll say Detroit. Nope.
0: Really, Cleveland. They appeared on Hard Knocks less than 10 years ago
1: oh how about Cleveland
0: uh nope damn I'm lost go ahead the Jets the Bears the Jets the Saints Mm -hmm. and the Commanders
1: well listen could there be a better one than the Jets I mean just for New York and Aaron Rodgers my gosh that would be that would be fascinating
0: I can't believe they haven't already announced that that is the choice
1: I mean, it has to be right if they can make them do it. That's the one. I mean, you I want mean, ratings? They don't New have. York?
0: They don't have a way to say no. I mean, the, the criteria.
1: You got to choose them. If you, you meet them.
0: any of those criteria, you don't have to be on. So you can decline it.
1: You got to choose them, and you hope that Rodgers goes back in a dark room and brings the yeah. brings the the crew with him and yeah.
0: starts taking whatever it is. Apparently, it the NFL already asked the Lions to do it, and they said no. They've been on it within ten years ago.
1: Oh, so they had the right to turn them down, Mm -hmm. okay? Because apparently none of the I thought I had heard the Lions.
0: Yeah, none of the four teams apparently want to do it. So,
1: (laughs) no kidding. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, they can they can do this PR BS all they want to. There's no coach or executive in this league that wants that those camera crews in there. Nope, they just don't. And and I and I really do mean this. They do a great job of staying out of people's way, like they really do. But but you know it's on. Mm -hmm. and and you know the thing that gets me is like they have cameras mounted in the meeting rooms they're not there but they're filming now the teams have the right to look at footage and go yeah you're not using that Mm -hmm. well so they have veto power but do i want one more thing to do if i'm todd bowles or if i'm a coach oh yeah before you go home tonight you might want to look at this b-roll that they're about to show and you're like oh hell no you know like I don't want to think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to win a
0: football game.
1: Next. No. But the Jets, please give me the Jets this year.
0: Can't right, be any other choice. We've got two more questions. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Another Michael yeah. had, had tweeted. It said, how would you rank the state's college football teams right now?
1: Um, great question.
0: I think number one's obvious.
1: obvious. Oh, well, Florida State's number one. Yes. Um, and they're further ahead in the program, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. with Norvell, and they did some stuff last year. Um, people are picking them, I think, to win the ACC, mm-hmm. uh, or at least their side of it. Yes, second is going to be a little tougher. Um, I can't say Miami. I think that's. I think that 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 train has just not moved for so long. I'm not. Not confident in them. I'm. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Florida may surprise some people a little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take. I'll take the Gators second. Um. I'll take UCF third.
0: It's going to be interesting. I mean, Houston. UCF could have Houston. UCF. Cincinnati. And, and BYU, playing oh. in the Big Twelve now. Right. You're not just playing a game or two against a Power Five, but now you're playing all your conference games against. Oklahoma's and Oklahoma states and you know Kansas State, Texas Tech, and you know. You're but are we
1: going to find out? And I'm just I'm playing devil's eye. Are we going to find out that 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 the lower rung teams in the Big Twelve just aren't really that good? Well, I, I think that, the-
0: that's that's going to be the interesting part is how quickly Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, UCF can move up mm-hmm. the Big Twelve ladder, or are they mm-hmm. already? As good as the lower rung teams in the Big Twelve, we're going to find that yeah. out, and it's going to be interesting yeah. to see, right? For all those teams, suspect, quite frankly,
1: I suspect they're going to be as good or better than some
0: of the lower rung teams. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I'm mean, not ready to take. But on when Oklahoma. you're playing the Texas and the Oklahomas and uh, yeah, you know, it's every I, week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not you know UCF in the past has played two or three Power Five schools throughout a year. You're now right. you're playing eight to ten, depending on your non-conference in that. And you're they've got Florida right. on the right conference schedule this year too. So,
1: you're right. The cumulative effect might actually wear them yeah. down. Um, but I still like them. I like mm-hmm. them better than uh, I like them better than, than, than Miami. Miami. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, uh, Miami, not a great conference. They just don't seem to ever get there. It's just they change coaches all the time. Nothing works.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what to make yeah. of USF yet. I mean, new coach. A lot that of attrition them, from last year's team. I can't put
1: them ahead of anybody. Well, right? yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, you know, this is a, you know, the first year for for Goalish. So, you know, you know, yeah. whatever they do, the conference is a little easier. You don't have UCF. You don't have Cincinnati. You don't have Houston oh, on the schedule yeah, for sure. You've got teams like uh, you know Texas, San Antonio, and Charlotte and Rice. So, right. All right, we'll wrap up on this one and another. Michael tweeted. What are the lightning? Are
1: you serious? Is there that many Michaels? <laughs> well, a
0: tonight? couple of is couple it? of the Michaels were the same guy, but there actually is oh, okay. there's actually say. three or goodness four goodness different Michaels God. on today's. Uh, oh,
1: okay. Because it's uh, there's a lot of mics. It is. What's open really Mike night? Okay.
0: But uh, Michael asks, "What are the Lightning's priorities in free agency?"
1: To re-sign Alex Kalorn. <laughs> and it's not going to happen, and I'm pissed off about it because he is my uh, daughter's favorite player, also named Alex.
0: Well, it's it's really uh, going to be up to him. I mean, the reports are that Alex has been offered a longer-term deal by the Lightning, presumably at a very low average annual value. Yeah, and, and, well, that's and the, the NHL, problem. the NHL is very different than the NFL. It's a very hard salary cap. Like, mm-hmm. there's, everything is fully guaranteed. There's no kicking money down the road for salary cap. You sign a 3-year, 15 million dollar deal. It doesn't matter how the money is paid out whether you get 6 million the first year and less each year. It's the average value of that contract is what the, sal- the salary cap hit is for every year. And the Lightning still have a salary cap crunch this year. It gets a little better next year. And presumably well, I'm gonna the cap's going to go up more next year too. But
1: I'm going to tell you now, Calauran's gone. He's not coming
0: back. I either. think he is, unless he decides he really wants to play here, and we know he'd he like really to. Does want to. He really does want to play here, and he really is going to have to go. But he might get the, two, two, or double, more than double the money somewhere else.
1: Exactly. He's going to go somewhere and play for a year or two mm-hmm. and make twice as much as he can make here, and no one, particularly the Lightning, are going to fault him for it. He doesn't want to do it, but he's going to mm-hmm. have to do it. I mean, he's only got so many years to play and make money. You've got to do it. He had his run here, and there's not much he can improve. And not for nothing, he had a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy had, what, 26, 27 goals? That's the
0: whole thing, career high in goals.
1: Yeah. So, you know? I mean, you know, if you're—if not now, when are you going to be hotter? You're a free agent at the right time. Mm-hmm. Go get your money. Come back here and, and play with your jet skis when your career's over. So he's gone. Fires priorities, I don't really – you know them better than I do, Steve. I would say this. I'm pretty sure they're going to need a, 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 a new backup goaltender. Yeah, but, I,
0: I don't think Brian Elliott's going to be back. My guess would be he might retire, but retire? Uh, he yeah. said that, so – they right, do need a right. backup goalie, and you're looking for someone to play at that essentially minimum, a million dollars or less a year, which is mm-hmm. what Elliott played last year because is making nine and a half million a year. Mm. Um, their decor, everybody from last season is under contract for next year except Ian Cole, who you'll probably lose. Um, so that means, you know, if, if that means Hayden Flurry is going to play a lot more. Um, potentially. I mean, you've got eight defensemen under contract, and then you could also call somebody up. But uh, mm-hmm. the forward group, uh, free not only is Alex Corner free agent, Corey Perry and Pierre Edward Belmar are free agents as well. Oh, wow. Um, so I don't see them bringing those guys back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you either got to bring some people up from Syracuse or try to sign some veterans at a low dollar figure. I mean, you don't have much room under the salary cap, and you do have yep. some roster spots to fill. So, um, I mean, their priorities – would you love to go out and get a big star? Sure. But you're going to have to give up somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, are you willing to get rid of Anthony Sorelli? No. <laughs> you know. Um,
1: Ross, Col- Ross Col- uh, Colton.
0: Yeah, well, Colton's it, a restricted yeah. free agent. We don't know what his salary will be. Uh, but presumably he's back unless they decide to deal him because his salary – go. I mean, He's got like arbitration that, that, rights on that. So he is may, that a guy you would deal? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, Tanner Janot is another restricted free agent with arbitration rights. So. That's mm-hmm. um, not under contract at this point. So, right. Um, you know, this year the salary cap is only going to go up about a million. Uh, it's possible it could go up a little more uh, next year. Presumably, that escrow has been repaid mostly, and it, the cap may go up three or four million. Plus, Steven Stamkos' contract comes off the books next year, and and I believe they'll probably re-sign him, but at a much lower number, not eight and a half million. And with the salary cap going up as well, that frees up some space. For your salary cap. So next year gets a little easier for the Lightning, but this is another tough offseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you see a ton of changes. I mean, they you can't. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to keep the core together yeah. and, and draft and develop. They're not drafting anybody this year, but. Yeah, their first the pick this year is the up.
0: sixth round. <laughs> I believe it's pick <laughs> Which one seven, 179.
1: Like, <laughs> that's that's really down there. Well, uh, well Andre
0: Pilat was a seventh round draft pick. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean there's, they have there's, found some guys, but yeah, their first pick this year around. they've they've traded all their first five picks, so they, their first pick is pick one seventy nine in the sixth round.
1: Right, but they still have a damn good team, and they still got the greatest mm-hmm. goaltender in the world. And if he, you know, as he said, you know, kind of burned out pretty early last year, if you can find a training regiment to keep him keep him healthy, and maybe a backup goaltender to to take mm-hmm. some of the pressure off at times that that would be a good thing.
0: And the full off season, I mean, it'll be interesting to see yeah. how that really impacts the start of the season. That'd be huge, the right? last few I mean, the last few seasons, remember, they've started slow. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was kind of just kind of going through the motions and getting back to it cuz the off seasons were so short. It'll be interesting how training camp is very different and some of the preseason than when they start the season.
1: Fresh legs, man. Yep.
0: And the schedule, the schedule should probably be out in uh, two weeks, or is it next next week? Uh, NHL awards and the draft is all next week, so usually the schedule comes up around that time too. So we should have the Lightning schedule probably in the next week.
1: Oh, good. Well, well I'll make sure that Ed Encina, um, I check him out mm-hmm. and what, what he's writing in the Tampa Bay Times. Yep. And on TampaBay.com. So we covered it all right there. We got had some Rays, we had some Bucks, and some Lightning.
0: We did, right? and then tomorrow, special guest, uh,
1: a very special guest, um, someone that that you have known and probably hated for a long time, as as, as I have had nah, nah, many no nah. Well, uh,
0: many Don't go in the
1: charge. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm trying not to, but you know, I'm also not the guy that wanted to give Josh Freeman 100 million. Just be be clear on that. Um, but we'll, we'll kick it around a little bit, a little bit and, uh, and see if, um, some, some magic happens as it always seems to, and probably a few arguments as well. Um, but thankfully it'll only be for a short time and then, then we don't have to deal with them anymore. But yeah, uh, friend of the show, uh, just a friend of the show. Let's leave it there. Okay. Friend of the show, the show. Yes. Friend of the show we will be on and you'll enjoy it. I promise you. So Thanks for listening. Thanks for your mailbag questions. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow and really the rest of the week. And uh, have more for you on Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud the Tampa Times. Have a
0: great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.